I only I, died I, once. I replaced. Computer... Oh, good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Joining me today, we have the man with many titles. Uh, this is John McCarroll, Executive Editor. I'm Keeper X on our forums. He is apparently also a Witcher expert, so we will be talking about that in the near future, about how much better he is at The Witcher 2 than I am. Uh, that's a little preview of the next podcast. Uh, we also have the man who is going to adore Witcher 2 and all games hard, and now he wants to play it on Insane. <laughs> uh, I'm Stephen Myring. I'm Talos on the boards. Yes. Uh, we have the returning fan favorite, the person who gets all the love on the boards, and I'm not jealous about it at all. Robert Stein. Uh. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kimberly Wallace, managing editor and case star on the boards. And back from the original E3 podcast, we have... I'm Liz Mass. I'm the chief news and social media editor, and I'm QSA on the boards. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about female characters in video games. Uh, this is something that we've all argued about uh, time and time again. We had a feature on it uh, talking about positive male role models. Uh, positive male role male, models? Male, female. Jeez, Gosh, Rob, why you got to make it all about your gender? I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. Uh, we're talking about positive female he, characters. He, he got confused about Kaine. <laughs> I think everybody has a right to be confused. You're going to spoil it. <laughs> Uh, so we want to keep things positive. Um, so we're going to talk primarily, at least at the start, about the positive characters, the positive female characters that we're seeing in video games right now. So, Kim, I'm going to direct the floor to you. Okay, well, yeah, the big draw for the feature was that the last few games that I've been playing, I've seen a lack of really strong female characters. And what I mean by that is not that they're rough and tough, but that they are well-rounded, diverse, they have depth to them, there's more to them than meets the eye. And a perfect example for me with that is Raquel Applegate from Wild Arms 4. And the reason why that is when you first meet her, you you get this like tough girl persona because she stands up for this waitress who's being picked on. Um, but there's really more to her, too, that she could have been the typical like JRPG archetype where they have that one strong female character, but she never goes anywhere. There's never more to her. And throughout the game, when you first meet her, you find out that she's looking for something still beautiful in the world. And there's a huge reason for it, which I'm not going to spoil, but it actually ends up making her a really endearing character. Like, you gain to respect her a lot more than any of the other characters in the game just because she's so strong. And she's um, up against, like, Yuli, this other character who does portray that weaker female qualities, who doesn't have much substance to her. So I think of all the one of the my favorite female characters in general is her just because there are so many layers to her. And as the game goes on, you keep finding out more and more that goes with her. And she's really well-rounded. So she definitely earns like one of the top spots for me. 
I agree. Now, I think it's also kind of interesting, too, just because we were saying before the show, if you look at the rest of the cast in that game, I mean, other than Arnaud, or Arno, whatever, uh, the main cast is pretty bad. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're, they're, well, the, they're, two main, they're, the two main characters are, oh, gosh, Yuli and Jude. Yeah. Awful. Just typical characters, so generic. Yeah, and it's almost like, the, and the bad guys, uh, they were cut, trying to go with, um, like, a Metal Gear Solid style, mm-hmm. like, a crew of bad guys with superpowers. Mm-hmm. And they're all ridiculous and kind of lame. And it's just funny because throughout the entire game, you're so much more interested in what Raquel and Arnaud are doing mm-hmm. and, like, their relationship. And it's just funny because they're relegated to sort of the background. Oh, no, and it's like, exactly. And it's like, hey, there are these two really interesting people, but we don't care about them. Well, you know, what else is interesting is, too, is Raquel ends up being one of your mo- your strongest party members as well. And like I said, the game could have went really generic on her, just like this tough girl, there's nothing. But where it goes with the story is really interesting. And she finds, I'm not going to spoil anything, but she finds what she's looking for in one of the places that you least expect her to with beauty in the world. And it's just the whole journey through with her is amazing. So... I really think she's got an interesting story that most games don't explore. And I felt like you could relate to what, even if you hadn't been experiencing what she's been going through through the whole journey, just something was very endearing about her. And I don't think we find so many times, you know, people want to put a tough girl on the screen to be like, oh, she's rough and tough. She can stand up to the boys. But there's got to be more to it than that for me. And Wild Arms 4 with Raquel got it right, but they didn't get it right with the cast as a whole. So... I think you said something really interesting where you said that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that she was also a strong party member. Mm-hmm. And that just struck me as very interesting. Just asking everybody in the group, when we're talking about traditional role-playing games, do you oftentimes keep a female in the party? Because I find that usually what ends up happening, and I know this is the stereotypical role, mm-hmm. role is that the female ca- character tends to be the healer. And healer so, or a mage. Right. Yeah. And so I always end up having a female character in my role. But, I, you know, one of the games that everybody take a second to realize that I'm right now going to speak fondly of Final Fantasy XIII. Wow. I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not having an aneurysm. Uh, I, like the, I like the fact that Lightning is a strong warrior-based character. And she's not just buffing and healing the party. And I found that to be That's kind of... That's what I liked. I kind of thought that was a little cool. Now, granted, I don't like her as a character, but her role in combat is very uh, opposite to what we normally expect out of female characters in the yeah, party dynamic. What's actually oh. interesting about that, too, is that Raquel, um, based on how I played Wild Arms 4, and if I recall, I think it was pretty much this way for everyone, you eventually get an ability called Finest Arts, and it's the most powerful attack in the game, and you can give it to anybody. And you'd be foolish to give it to anybody but Raquel, because by the end of the game, basically to win every fight, you have your other three characters weaken the bad guys, and then you have Raquel hit them and do sometimes upwards of 10 times as much damage as the other characters. I mean, she literally becomes... Everyone is support so Raquel can kill things with her giant sword. Yeah. And here's something interesting that you bring up Lightning. We actually, as a staff, had a discussion about her because I don't want to leave her out. Like, she almost made our list, but I think what, what failed for her was that people didn't see enough character development 
with her to like Raquel has this huge story that just goes through like it overshadows almost what is really going on in the game you reach the ending and you're just like wow but with lightning I think people she was too much of that like I'm tough there's not much to me other than this I mean I'm just saying that based on what I've heard I've not played the game to completion I've done about 15 hours of the game and I remember when I played I was at first I was like yeah this is awesome having a girl who's really tough like this in a game and then like it starts to get a little old like there's got to be more to it and you kind of understand like her underlining reasons for being the way she is but I just felt like I don't know Stephen did you play the entirety of Final Fantasy 13? Well based on what I've played and the vibe I'm getting I'm in the final chapter and I like Lightning's character just because she gets treated the same as Cloud and Squall did, i.e. she's kind of a jerk and then she becomes nicer. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think there's anything exceptional about it. Um, I get the vibe that she sort of does exactly what you expect her to do. I mean, she goes through that really, really, really common Final Fantasy arc of I'm a loner. Okay, never mind. I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't beaten it, so I can't say for certain in the ending. But um, I don't think she has any surprises in store. And I... To one, I guess in one way that's that's kind of good because it's a little unreasonable. For example, think of Squall. Squall spent his entire life as a complete loner and wants nothing to do with anybody. And then all of a sudden he's like this extroverted, happy guy who goes to parties and has fun eating hot dogs with Zell in the ending. Whereas I don't think that happens with Lightning. I, Did I, I know that Babe Ruth died of hot dog poisoning. <laughs> We know, John. John's you clearly portal fresh two. off the Portal 2 wagon. Anyway. One thing that I... I so, uh, uh, we're all yelling at each other. John, go. So one thing that I find interesting is you got, it, Rob mentioned uh, party dynamic. And I've been playing Tactics Ogre for PSP here on and off for you know pretty much since it's been out because I, I can't shotgun strategy RPGs after a while. I can only play one mission at a time. But I look at my party, and my healers and mages are all men. And I've got th there are two women that I normally bring with me. One's a death knight. The other's a rogue. <laughs> cool. So Death knight. Well, death, death knight, dark knight. I forget what the class is named. But it, it's, no, the dark it's, knight is Batman. Mean knight. And death knight is World of Warcraft. I forget what the class is called <laughs> in, in, uh, in Tactics Ogre. But, you know, I, I didn't do that. You know, it wasn't like I said, oh, I'm going to make this character this and this character this. It was kind of like, well, this is what works for me. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that actually reminds me. I, I, I hope this isn't going to derail, derail us. But actually, do you recall in Final Fantasy Tactics, Agrius? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to point her out. I, People actually voted for her during our feature. She was an excellent character until she dropped off the face of the earth like all the other characters. But <laughs> I mean, that, that's more a flaw of the game than which it has very few. Uh, more a flaw uh, no, of the game than. Do, do, do you know what happens? You get to chapter four, you pick up TG Sid, and the game like the game it's like happens. there are no other characters. Yeah, you use TG Sid and Ramza, and you win every fight. Well, <laughs> this actually brings up a good question that happened with Wild Arms 4. Are these games just focusing on the wrong characters? Like, their leads are not as powerful as maybe these side characters that they should give more light to, but they just don't fully develop like we'd like to see. You mean in terms of story or in terms of how strong they are? No, story. Like, strength to me is, like, 
you know, it can go either way. I know part of it's realistic, part of it's not. You know, I could try to push one of you, and I'm sure it wouldn't be as strong as if, like, you know, one of, a man pushed someone else. Oh, no, else, I'm but. pretty weak. What, one thing I think is interesting is we I'm talk, so we, we, we had a conversation previously about this where we were talking about Mass Effect, and mm-hmm. I was playing through the, uh, the DLC for Kasumi. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I really like the Kasumi character. I think that she's a great character. But what I question is Kasumi pretty much has all of her story wrapped up nice and tight in this one little package. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of enigmatic. The question is, you know, do, does she become a better character if they spend more time on her? I'm not so sure. Do you think people would love her the same way? Because we were talking about Mass Effect last time and how a lot of the female characters didn't really resonate with us that well. Like, we thought the male characters kind of were better developed in that game and were more interesting, say, than the female yeah. ones. And well, well, I think, I think, because oh. we mentioned, we, we, we roundly abused Jack, uh-huh. but I compared her to Elizabeth <laughs> Salander from the, the Millennium Trilogy, the girl with the dragon tattoo. And I think Jack could have been She's a really interesting character. G.I. Jane. She has suspender <laughs> bras. Yes, which is a great fashion statement. Well, yeah, and for the thing with Jack, too, is that if you don't get nitty-gritty into her romance, which you wouldn't unless you were male Shep, of course, but you don't see much development from her, so... Yeah, like even stands. even when she talks about her past, she still doesn't change in the end. After you're done the conversation, she's like, that's it, go away. So she's still like the tough girl that you were taught before the conversation. She doesn't really change, even after she tells you her story. Liz, can you what? tell me... Wait, wait, wait one second. Liz, can you tell me what it's all about again? Jack? Just tell me what it's all about. What it's all about? Canadian. No. <laughs> He's trying to do that on purpose. I'm he sorry. Did Rob, you're so podcast. mean. He did that at the E3 podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just when she a said boot. I was just like, that's right. She's Canadian. <laughs> yeah. no. I always thought that we said it like a boat. I, I never yeah. thought we said a boot. I always thought we said a boat. Well, it's maybe a... to us Americans, it sounds like what it's really not. As long as but, you don't you have know. one of those big flappy heads from South Park. Womp womp. Sorry. Moving womp. on. <laughs> but anyways, do you think if they would have focused more on Kasumi, it would have ruined her? Or we wouldn't have felt as uh, strong? Well, like, I, I, the, the thing that I run into is that, you know, because she was a piece of this download content, she was created, in essence, to be download content. Like, the game can exist without Kasumi. Period. You don't have to pick up Kasumi. She is a completely separate thread. I don't think she was set up to be a character that was a, that you know you learned about over the course of 15, 20, however many hours you played Mass Effect 2. Yeah. I think yeah. that had they set her up that way, she would mm-hmm. be a great character. But exactly. It, it you know it's kind of playing a what if. Well, she might be well, a good character. She would character. have been better than Zaid. Okay, that's all oh. I'm saying. Well, Zaid was download content too. He was he was for buying the game new. He was just kind of like, ah, I'm a mercenary. What was, was so awful? What, okay. You know what? I just I just realized something. The DLC character from the original Dragon Age, Shale, wasn't Shale a woman? I don't know. I think <laughs> Shale might have been a woman. I, I, I don't think Gollum creatures count as having gender. Well, if so, I mean, that was the best character in the original <laughs> Dragon Age. So. Maybe the more we find out about some of these characters, because they don't live up to our expecta- expectations, like we discussed with Miranda, you go through her uh, character mission, and then you come out of it, but you don't feel like the character is changed by the time you get to the end of the game. 
So maybe that's yeah. more well, what it's about. So I, I actually that that's an interesting thing because the character I want to talk about is Isla from Chrono Trigger. Isla doesn't really change. Mm-hmm. But like, she's still a good character. Yeah. Isla doesn't get explored nearly as much as the rest of the characters in Chrono Trigger. She gets her one little arc when you're in 65 million BC. And she's the leader and she's kicking ass. But she, you know, she she's compassionate and she's helpful. And I don't know. She's just a good character. Can like, I ask you a question? Yeah. Can you pit her against Luca and where you know, kind of for people who have played the game, what you see is more of her strength over Luca. Cause I think it's interesting. You're picking, you know, well, so I mean, Luca is intelligent and she builds things and, but she's not she, a leader type. Yeah. She's just kind of there for me. Like I liked Luca. I, I think she's, yeah. I, I, I think she's, she's more like all brains, nothing else. Or she, well, she was like, a really good I think she has, I think she has excellent depth, especially <laughs> given like, if you do her side quest, what with her mother and with all of that, I think that gives her a lot of depth. I just think that she's not meant to be a focus, whereas it's obvious from the whole game that you're supposed to be paying more attention to Marl. Yeah. To me, anyway. What What I think is interesting is is you're not supposed to pay attention to to Isla. Isla is like Robo, Queen. where they're 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 side characters. Like as much as I like Robo, Robo's my favorite character. He's not the focus in that game. But I think that every single time that they they have a real dialogue sequence with Isla, as opposed to I'm a cave woman, da da da, that it turns out well. Like you look at her, how she interacts with Kino, and yeah. it, she's got a really really good dynamic with Kino, and you know she's there to protect her village, and that she she just I think that for me it's that she displays real leadership qualities. See, Without I, drawing attention yeah. to, yeah, she like she's she's proving herself. She does it doesn't matter. She's man, woman, otherwise. She is there and she's taking control. And I don't see that with with Luca or Marl. And it's you know I I really like Isla more than I like the other two. I think it's funny that when you first brought up that you were going to talk about Isla, and I was sitting there going, why wouldn't you pick Luca or Marl? And it, I think you've <laughs> you've really made the point and you've argued it very well. And I guess I like Luca and I don't really have an opinion on Marl, but I think you're right. Isla is a very strong female character. Now I think I found her to be a little obnoxious at times, but I think that's the nature of being a cave woman who just eats things and just beats (laughs) the crap out of things. But she is the leader of her people. And I think that there is something to be said for that. And so yeah, I didn't think you were going to make that. I didn't think you were going to articulate that very well, John. But I, yeah, I, I would agree. I think she is a more interesting character. And now I have to free play Chrono Trigger because now I want her in my party. Thanks. Oh, no problem. Well, I yeah. almost always had her in my party. She was the first time I, I, the first time I played it, I used her, but then I never used her again. Well, she can't use magic, right? If yeah, I'm she, all yeah, of her attacks are physical. She can Let's hit people with a dragon physical, tail, though. Physical. What? <laughs> Someone's going to make a wave of that, Rob. See, what, what's interesting is, I the total aside, nothing to do with, with female male characters or whatever, I used Robo and Isla, and so I had a character that technically couldn't use magic and a character that couldn't use magic. <laughs> but then again, you had Chrono, and all you had to do was Lumiere, and you could just beat oh, yeah. the game. It's not Lumiere, Rob. It's Luminaire. Luminaire is the name of the character from the <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was helping with the oh, kids' Rob. performance here of Beauty and the Beast. Damn. Oh, oh, it's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, anybody else notice that Luminaire looked exactly like uh, Ultima? Ultima, yes. I always had, like, <laughs> there was also, uh, what was Magus's move, Dark Matter? It was like the opposite of Luminaire. Luminaire. Yeah, it was like the same thing, but black. I think uh, just <laughs> because uh, Magus is so dark. I think it's interesting that we, we talked about who was the main character of Chrono Trigger. I've always thought that the main character was either Frog or Magus. Because Chrono is not the main character. Chrono is the guy it, it that you It does revolve a lot around Marl, too, I find. Yeah, the beginning part especially of the game like especially. The well, Chron Chrono is a vehicle. Like, yes. He yeah. was supposed to be you. He's Goku. <laughs> no, go I don't like Goku. Goku is not me. I don't like Goku either. How do you not? Uh, well, fine. Because wow. right. Goku's a big giant doofus, and <laughs> like he acts also, like. But now wait, he can punch a mountain in half. Who cares? He's a. Ver Goku idiot. Is a giant man who used to work for Staples. <laughs> oh my god. All right, all right, all right. All uh, right. John, do you have anything else to say about Isla? No, I like Chrono Trigger. It's a very good game. Yeah. All the characters are well written in Chrono Trigger. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's such an it's an older game compared with uh, the ones we're talking about. Like now, there's way more character development and everything in games. But back then, it, for what it you know the time it came out, it really did. Well, and I, I think you know, what really does it for Chrono Trigger is the fact that it's not pretentious at all. Like, if you play any Final Fantasy, I would say after five, they get I mean, actually not even six. Six doesn't come across as terribly pretentious, but yeah. the Final Fantasies go for serious melodrama, and Chrono Trigger had none of that nonsense. It yeah. was mm -hmm. a game with a it's story fun. that it wanted to tell. It's like, like let's go. It, basically, Chrono Trigger is let's go on a magical adventure through time. Holy crap, the future sucks. Let's fix that. Yeah, guys, <laughs> let's do it. You know? Exactly. It's not very, very you know, they don't overcomplicate things and try to look very deep. It just, it's what it is. But you're right. They still have it's, awesome it's, stuff. Like, it's you know, all the, it's all the little things about Chrono Trigger. Like, like, it was always so sad when I would go to the future and be like, you've been fully restored, but, but you're, you're still, still hungry. You're still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know one of the details in that game that always was awesome for me is when you do the side quest for Robo where you take him to the cathedral and he has to build the forest. Oh, yeah. For, the, yeah. for the rest of the game, when you go outside that that cathedral, he's there. He's there, like plowing the fields. Yeah. And yeah. I just Find him again was, in the future. Like that yeah. is so little, but it's awesome because you're playing the whole game and like it's like you you get a feeling for what he did. He was there for 400 years tilling that forest. Last thing, just the last thing I want to say about Chrono Trigger is, um, and its connection to Chrono Cross because I I love Chrono Cross. When you visit the Dead Sea in Chrono Cross, that Ooh, was one God. of the that was one of the most eerie, Haunting. chilling oh. scenes I've ever had in a video game because you got to see what the future – it was basically taking that future that you saw in the Super Nintendo Chrono Trigger. Like, Oops. And you saw the ramifications of it now on the PlayStation, and that was just yeah. chilling. Well, what also was it's chilling so about bad. it too was the fact that it was like this is what you they did in the first game. They destroyed all of that. Whether or not that was – a total crap future, they still destroyed that entire existence. Yep. All right. Now, I agree with Kim. I think we need to get away from Chrono Trigger because we could talk about Chrono Trigger all day. So does that anybody mind? could be a whole podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> does anybody mind if I if I talk about my character right no, now? No, go ahead. I was going to say you're up next. Okay. On deck. Um, so I had to really think long and hard about this because I really wanted to pick a female character that didn't fit any stereotypes that I just – I really enjoyed. And 
I liked the fact that it was a strong female character, and so I'm sitting there going, oh, should, should I pick Dagger from Final Fantasy IX? I like her development, but I think I, I think she starts off the game fairly weak. She really does develop, but I, I didn't want to pick her. And then I thought, well, what about Morrigan from Dragon Age? And I was like, well, I mean, she, she's using sex to basically get everything she wants, and yeah, she's wearing good. an absolutely ridiculous outfit. That's a little you know hard and then i i had to think all the way back to what i believe is the first rpg that i ever played which was on the sega channel i played fantasy star oh, 4 snap yeah i on the, on the <laughs> oh, sega channel oh here we go yes i played <laughs> fantasy star 4 and the female character that i choose is steven elise, please pronounce it elise brangwin elise right yeah or okay. i always yeah. said alice when i was a kid but elise who is the um, – she's basically the mentor of the main character of the game, Chaz. And she's a strong-willed female character who is not dressed ridiculously, is not using feminine wiles to get what she wants. In the animated cutscenes in the game, she is, you know, tough, Han Solo-like at times, you know, asking for mm. money for she missions. She has I, – I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, yep. but she, she has the only – the character sprites in that game only animate to walk. Other than Chaz, who has a sword animation, and she has an animation of punching a dude in the face. Yeah, awesome. And she, That's awesome. She, and is, she also has a bromance with the coolest character in the game. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> and that's and now that's the thing. It, I was going to bring up that point too. Uh, the coolest character I think in Fantasy Star Four, and I still need to finish that game. I get like <gasps> halfway through it every time, and then I just don't want to finish it because it's too good, you know. And you have okay. Rune who is uh, a mage in the game. And so when you fir- when those two characters first meet, you think, oh, they're going to fall in love. Nope. No, it's a respect. It's, it is a bromance between these two characters. They respect and love each other, but they're not, you know, like going off to the corner or they don't get all lovey-dovey with each they're, other. They're not in love. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, the, a, it's a love buds. respect. And that and, is tr- that's phenomenal. And the best part about that is it leads into the, the way the game, because I think the first half of the, or the first part of the game, Elise is the main character because it hasn't become Chaz yet. And because of her, her relationship with Rune, the relationship with Chaz is that much more interesting because when he first meets Chaz, they just bicker and fight constantly because she's just, he's just this punk kid that hangs out with his friend. And they go from this relationship of him constantly antagonizing him to them becoming basically equals. And it's just. That's it, awesome. Yeah, they, I need they, to finish come, that game. Yeah, it's it's totally awesome. It, it's and, it's a game that I've always wanted to finish, but I, I'm not even sure how long it is. But like, I would always, you know, what part I always end on? Which one? And, and spoiler warning, right now, if you've Why never not? played Fantasy Star Four, I have. Please, please turn it off right now. Like, go five minutes into the future on this podcast, okay? <laughs> just spoiler. You're not going to talk about it for five minutes, are you? No, just like for two. <laughs> when she. <laughs> When she dies, I can't play the game anymore. Oh, dude, that's that's like a Everyone quarter or that. a fifth of the that's, way into the game. I yeah, can't. That's... Okay, then I'm not even halfway through it. I can't play it anymore because I, I you was like that so, character so much. Right? I was so broken and so upset that she was gone. I didn't. Well, it didn't help matters. I'm playing it on the Sega Channel, and like the Sega Channel would just randomly delete a save if it just felt like it. <laughs> yeah, you so, play another game. It's like, oh, sorry, sorry about that. That's I love actually... how the Sega Channel would say, "Don't play another game." <laughs> so, <laughs> that's actually where I first played it too, and then I ended up getting it bought for me by accident because somebody was trying to get me something else, and. 
it's just funny that you stopped there because when I first played that, <clears throat> that was basically the first RPG I ever played. And I was playing it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of different from Sonic because I have all these menus, and what the hell's going on? <laughs> and she died, and I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And I was, like, forced. I was, like, crying my eyes out. I was like, this is horrible. Because, I mean, it took me weeks to get to that point because I was, like, you know, four or five. Oh, my God. And so you were that age when that game came yes, out. Yes, he was. But the fact <laughs> that he cared that much is awesome because, like I, I was would... saying before, games at that time, they weren't as developed as they are now. And now we're finding games where we're not caring as much about the characters. And it's you know, interesting mm -hmm. that that did that then. What, like, what's interesting is a, a lot of people say that Final Fantasy VII was the game that, that kind of cinematized games. Oh. Mm -hmm. Ga no, it was yeah. Fantasy Star 4. I totally agree, John. Because I, it did much of what Final Fantasy VII did far earlier, and in my opinion, better. Yeah. Because yeah. it's amazing. I, I need to play like it. I need RPG to play ever. it the whole way through, and I, I totally agree with John. It it was doing things that Final Fantasy VII is, you know, uh, just everybody says Final Fantasy VII is the game that brought us the cinematic RPG, blah, 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 blah. But no, I, I really go with Fantasy Star 4. I remember reading Fantasy Star 4's, like, previews in magazines and just being like, Oh my God! There's anime cutscenes. This is nuts. No, it can't possibly be this good. And then I no, played it, it, and I was just like, "Wow!" Okay, Sega, if you're listening right now, just give me another Fantasy Star. Just go Rob, work on it. They no, that's they exactly don't. what they did. Listen, when Fantasy Star Online first came out, I was heartbroken, and my friends were like, "This game's awesome." I'm like, "Screw it! No, it's terrible. It's not Fantasy Star." And I eventually grew to like it, but we're never gonna get another turn-based Fantasy Star. It's like when people say, I want a new uh, uh, Shining game. Yeah. We're never gonna never get get it. It'll, it'll never be the same. RPGs. It'll never be the same. They'll get crap like Shining Hearts. It just it breaks <laughs> my heart. It it really breaks my heart because I, I just feel like it's such a it's such a missed opportunity. Again, it's a, it's a sign of Sega not knowing what the hell they're doing. It's just it, they had that. You remember how much Fantasy Star 4 cost when it came out? I remember going to a Toys R Us and going, 90. what? It's 100 bucks. It was 100 bucks. Golly. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that was my main character is just a strong female character who acts as a mentor, which I don't think you see a lot, uh, especially you, you very rarely see – a female mentor character especially one that has interesting relationships with not just one character right and she's not just trying to sleep with the main character she has a bromance with another character like this is this is a woman who doesn't show i mean she's a warrior that's what she is and yeah, when, you, when you first have her she's far and away better than every character in your party until you get rune <laughs> yeah and so then she's you know once you have rune, the, the game raquel works. angle too because raquel also had that mentor thing going on but she's also like a really valuable member of your party so i, I like yes. the parallels that yeah. we're hitting here and then you pick up grizz and he's like i've got an axe <laughs> dude that was the most disappointing part of that game is like no rune's leaving and i get this guy yeah that i, I remember <laughs> when rune left Warfry? i was really upset when rune left dude don't even get me started. I know, I know. All right, so, Steven. Well, anyway, I'm going to keep it on Fantasy Star 4. Uh, I don't think you'll know this character, Rob, just because it's much later in the game. But you actually get another character who has a lot of Elise's abilities, and she fights with the same kind of weapon. Her name is Kyra. And you meet her. She's actually uh, the same race of people that Rune is from, like the mage people. Okay. And she has kind of... Uh, John might have to help me with this. She, she has kind of a personality where she sort of wants to force herself to become Chaz's older sister. Like, 
she wants to become the kind of relationship that Elise Hadwich has, and it's a funny foil because she has depth to her as well. But she comes across as another character that isn't just a complete stereotype. She, you know, a lot of her dialogue is humorous. You know, she's when you first meet her, she's run off to go try to save, you know, her her people. And gosh, yeah, yeah, God, it's been like it's been forever since I've played it. I know I remember Kyra, and I remember going in my my ice vehicle and going to look for her but i don't remember much of her character and i think that has to do with the fact that i played the game when i was like 14 but yeah we were both young john we were both very very young (laughs) it's such an awesome game yeah no you you really should complete it rob i know i'm gonna do it this summer i've that's always been like on the pile of shame like i i'm so angry at myself for not beating it but again the access that i had to it was so limited it's actually pretty short, too. You could probably finish it. Like, I've, I've beaten it an embarrassing number of times. And <laughs> most recently, I finished it on um, the Sega Genesis collection on PSP. And I think I finished it in, like, I probably had, like, 20 hours on it. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll take Ralph by 40. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying because it's the first time that you're playing it. Oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's, I, th- I thought that was a backhand. No, no, the first time I Rob played it, I was younger. It, it took me like three years to beat it the first time. I <laughs> and because I would get stuck on fights because you can't grind in that game because if you grind too far, you eventually start getting weaker. Really? It's a glitch. If you hit level 99, you start deleveling. You lose all your abilities until you're level one again. Huh. But you'll never get to level 99. Yeah, so don't worry about it, it. unless you're like, I'm going to grind all day. For like a month. You start to de-level. <laughs> Well, no, you gain levels. You just you lose all your, every level instead of gaining stats. You lose them. Well, I learned something today. You huh. did. I think I did hear about that with that game. Is the original Fantasy Star worth playing? Because we're talking about female main characters. You also have uh, Alice from yeah from the original Fantasy Star. Who, Is that worth playing, or no. am I just going to be so horribly frustrated by it? it? Like it's, it's a, it, okay. Go ahead. Okay, I will, I will go. I, I don't think that it's worth playing either of the first three fantasy stars at this point. Really? Like, really? He, uh, have you tried playing Fantasy Star 2 recently? Well, uh, actually, uh... it's funny because when I was a kid, I beat Fantasy Star 4, and then I spent, I kid you not, like a year trying to get a Master System so I could play Fantasy Star 1, and I never got one. So when they came out on Game Boy, I beat Fantasy Star 1, and I beat Fantasy Star 3. And then just recently, while I was in Japan, I beat two on the iPod for the first time. Oh, my and God. You you must hate yourself to play that game that much. Well, here's you know what, what? <laughs> I, I heard that, like, in the first, she kind of paved the way for the female, you know, protagonist being, like, more than just what they were Well, yeah, at that no, point. It, like, she's out but for there's revenge. Not, yeah, but there's not more, much uh, as much narrative, you know, because it was at that point. So I think now it's, looking yeah, at it, you can appreciate what it did for the females. Um, you know, having her have that strong role, but there wasn't too much character development then, so you miss a beat on a few things on why she mattered, you know. But she's that pioneer, so you have to give her kudos for that. Yeah, basically her entire story is encompassed in the first cutscene because then the entire rest of the game is, let's get the bad guy. Okay, we got the bad guy. Oh, wait, there's another bad guy. Get him, too. Um, And and then Fantasy Star 2, which actually Fantasy Star 2 had one of the first kind of real emotional scenes in a game for me. But then it's like, okay, you're going to go into these mage-like dungeons forever. Yeah, it... Ever. 
Rob, I don't know that you'd like Fantasy Star 2 right now. <laughs> I played I, I played Fantasy Star 2, and I can play it for like two or three hours, and I was like, wow, I am dying a lot, and I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. Until, you I, get, until you steal the item that lets you save anywhere, which even then doesn't make things that much yeah, easier. And don't you accidentally steal that item? You have to walk in and out of a building like 20 times. <laughs> Oh, wow. And have the thief in your party. Yeah, the horrible, awful thief who's only oh, good gosh. at steal things. How archaic games could be yeah. back then. Yeah. We really need to have a podcast where we go back into like games that just have not aged well at all. Like, well, honestly, we can have so a podcast about Chrono Trigger and a podcast about Fantasy Star 4. and mm, That would be amazing. It'd be the... But, cool. yeah, no, and then Fantasy Star 3 wasn't very good when it came out, even though I really liked it. But it's it, it hasn't aged well even with that. Yeah, so. like, it's definitely the weirdest one of the three, but it has its own merits. It. I remember yeah. playing Fantasy Star 3, and I was like, what the... Like, I know what happens in Fantasy Star 3, but I just... It, it yeah. turns out, at first, it seems not to be related, yeah, but then it's actually a spin-off. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we definitely need to move... Because, again, we... Okay, so we've basically decided we need a Chrono Trigger podcast, and we need a Fantasy Star podcast. Okay. See how... Yes. Um, me for Chrono this podcast has been... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I, it, we're oh, being positive, what? though. No, this is what? great. No, I love the, the discussions. What? I just want one really quick aside, going back to uh, to Elise, and that at the very beginning of the game, she meets Han, who <laughs> Han is as a male character and is like the biggest sh- waste of space in that game. Yes. Like, <laughs> I like. He's Han. all like, I ran away from home to go to school so I could marry my sweetheart. But my like, daddy doesn't love me. And, and like Han is like the kind of like a, coming out of Japanese games. Han is the kind of character that you would expect to be female. He's useless and weak. I like, like Han. That's interesting. <laughs> Later like, on in the game, when you get him back in the end, he has moves that make him decent. But he's still by far, without a doubt, he dies in two hits from everybody. I like Han. <laughs> <laughs> he's He's so like. He's Han. <laughs> He's worthless. And then he's just like, hey, Han, give me money. <laughs> Actually, the, I'll yeah, let you come re- along. Yeah, that's another reason why she's awesome. So. Yeah, she's like, all right. well, that's all of my money. All right, well, Liz? Uh, I wanted to talk about Celeste Cher. I can never figure out how to pronounce her name from Final Fantasy VI. Um, those of you who have read the feature probably saw her like as the first person on the best of list. And I like her because, well, first of all, Fantasy VI doesn't really seem to have a main character. Like, most everybody seems to get quite a bit of the spotlight. And then when you get to Celeste, she's pretty interesting because she uses, well, in battle, she uses both, like, swords and her runic spell, which is actually really handy, Mm -hmm. and magic. She's, like, the second magic user you get after Terra. But story-wise, she was just really interesting because she starts out as a general in the Imperial Army. And then she joins your party. You think she's going to, like, just hook up with Locke or something? You think she's just going to be love interest with Locke? But as the game goes on, she gets more interesting. And can I spoil the game? I mean, it's, like, 17 years old. Yeah, I think you're free <laughs> if someone hasn't played yeah, it yet and they're looking to... You have to passed the statute of limitations. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VI yet, you're a heathen and you need to go play it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm serious! It's an awesome game! But... Yeah, unfortunately, um, Square hasn't made it available on every platform that you own. Yeah, I don't know. Why was that? They were supposed to. They were supposed to, but they we haven't gotten ours yet. <laughs> I think that's why it's still so cherished, too, because it wasn't, like, uh, overdone with remakes. And like, four. Oh, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Who did that? Well timed. 
Wow. Darn, that was me. Well timed. Well timed. Okay. <laughs> All right, I feel better now. <laughs> quick, quick aside, since we're talking about Final Fantasy VI, that game and Chrono Trigger shared like 50% of their sound effects. <laughs> I noticed. Oh, like true. the wind effects and even. And that laugh. Yeah. Yeah, the guy, the guy in the tent in the uh, the Millennial Fair. He yeah. has that laugh. He's like, and I'm like, oh no, it's Kefka. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for me, I played Chrono Trigger first, so that first I was like, where did that guy in the tent come from? If, that was Kefka? No way. I wonder if Magus could kick Kefka's ass. I would want that's. Oh gosh, oh. I need to know. <laughs> we're we're not going to have that's, um this <laughs> fake fake <laughs> nerd fight video game characters. <laughs> hey, who would win in a fight? Well, that would, that would be fun, though. I think we just had it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm putting my money down on Kefka. Vegas. I would, too. Kefka's my favorite. Especially if you've Kefka played Chrono Cross. Kefka destroyed the world! Yeah, but if you've played Chrono Cross and the uh, DS Chrono Trigger, Megus has, like, been through, like, eight timelines in several dimensions. Okay, that's fair enough, but... And destroyed yeah. the devourer of universes. All right, all right, all right. Shut up. This is a game about female characters. Dang it. All right. Sorry. Liz, tell us more reasons why Celis is awesome, except for her fishing abilities. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's when I was going to spoil the game, right? Okay. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't save Sid in the world of balance, when the world of ruin part of the game starts, Celis, she basically tries to kill herself, like jump off a big tall cliff or whatever. She can't even do that right. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm such so a morbid Rob, person. You are so evil. No, this is like when the Sopranos on the Sopranos when little Tony tried to kill himself at the end of the last season. I was like, dude, you can't even kill yourself, right? I thought he did. <laughs> no, he tried, but he failed. Oh, oh. Rob's just okay. evil. <laughs> it's true. So sad. But maybe it's because she didn't really want to die. But hey. Ah, sigh. <laughs> oh, anyway, God. she fails to kill herself, and what she ends up doing is she ends up going all the way around the world in that. What was the airship called? Kind of like re-recruiting all your all your uh, allies, and she basically ends up being the one to rally everybody and save the world. Which is awesome. Yeah, and she was—I thought she was really awesome because she was—and she like she showed her weak sides, like when she tried to kill herself, and then she showed her, but she also showed her strengths when she got it together and just went out and found everybody. How do we like, feel about Terra too? Because Terra in the second half of the game is pretty interesting. Yeah, she's kind we of. We have this discussion about her for our um, when we were going through trying to do the voting. Weren't there people who were a fan, people who weren't? She's yeah. kind of disillusioned with life at that point. Yeah, she um, she was pretty interesting too. I liked her story, but she just didn't stand out to me like Celeste did, where she had like all that variety mm-hmm. and True. just kind of. Celis went from being a side, uh, another one of the cast to being basically the hero. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. I mean, Tara was a hero in her way, too, but to me, she just didn't stand out as much, especially in the second half of the game. Yeah, she definitely took a back seat, especially after she became the Esper and, like, flew She's away like, ooh, I it. turned yeah. pink. <laughs> <laughs> I used Morph. Wow. Morph was awesome, dang it. <laughs> yeah, Morph was totally rad. But Edgar was more awesome. <laughs> yeah. so, I, I pretty I, much love most of that cast. Yeah, that, that, that's the nice thing. I think that one of the reasons why you can't say, well, this character is better than this character when it comes to Final Fantasy VI is that all of the characters are very good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you even look at, uh, oh, God, I forget. What's the little girl's name? Realm. 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 Realm's a great character. Mm. 
Doesn't doesn't she? And if you do, a, see, I didn't find her that interesting, but I never used her, except when you had to. Maybe it was, I guess, because I didn't use her that much. But doesn't she turn out to have like a backstory with Shadow? She does, and I was yeah. actually reading an article on this the other day. Do like, you know, ain't he, ain't he baby daddy or whatever. He baby daddy. Yeah. Baby daddy. We just gave away Final Fantasy VI, Fantasy Star Four. <laughs> They're old enough games. What other right? games can we ruin today? Yeah, at this point, it's. It, I think it's fair game, you know. Oh yeah. Snake yeah. kills Eris. It's not like. It's just... yeah. Did you say Snake kills Eris? Snape. Snape. Oh, Snape <laughs> kills Eris. I don't think he does actually. By the way, two months two months from now, I'm going to be seeing Harry Potter in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are <laughs> such a freaking nerd. But, Quiet, Rob. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, back He's to... an RPG fan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sephiroth kills Dumbledore. No. <laughs> Actually, I'd be okay with that. But now, Celis uh, is also could never stop Dumbledore. Celis <laughs> is also an interesting character because, like, she's a general. She's you know, kind of a warrior, but she didn't agree with what was going on at the time. So she she's playing a conflicted hero role as well. Yeah. It's also didn't she? Didn't she? Didn't we find out like when she was in the Imperial Army near the end? Didn't we find out that she was wearing a slave crown for part of that time? Yes. Or is that just Tara? No, she's wearing a slave crown at that time. So that's what I thought. Yeah. There's portions of the game but, where her mind is being controlled, but I think you're also talking about a character that she was working for the bad guys and then she kind of you know comes around and she starts joining the heroes and then when you get to the world of ruin she is the main character at the beginning of world ruin which was interesting because i didn't like celis during the main game and then when you get to that point i was like well i'm kind of stuck with her now so i guess i need to start liking her and i did start to like her yeah, like I didn't dislike her before, but I didn't think she would become much. I thought, oh, maybe she'll just be a low interest to lock. But she she really developed in the from the beginning of the world of Rune and on to the end. She also has one of the single most useful skills in the game. Runic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that saved my butt many times. You know what's funny? When I first played that game, I kid you not, until I got to like probably the last dungeon, I had no idea what Runic did. Like I could never figure it out. I didn't the first few times, and then I, and then I used it, and I was like, oh, that's what it I does. Th- I think I was actually fighting Kefka, and I used it. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. His move didn't kill me. And then Mog came down and delivered swift justice. But Steven, was... you just suck at video games. <laughs> no, I just made it. See how much that whole... hurts? <laughs> I made it through the entire game without using Runic and using Celis. I just don't need those Even. abilities. I don't need the crutch. I mostly used her for her magic ability, actually. <laughs> but she is a good sword fighter, too. Yeah, she is actually really strong with magic. I forgot yeah. about that. So. I think my strategy was to get every character Ultima except for Mog, who I gave the, the quadruple jump to. And then I just repeatedly spammed Ultima and quadruple jump. I figured you would just be having him dance all the time. <laughs> well, I, well, it was awesome to have him dance, too. But it was more awesome to have him deliver swift justice. All right. So should we talk about... Um... What do we want to talk about now? Do we want to keep it positive and talk a little bit about Femshep, or do we want to just go hardcore negative and talk about Xion? Kim, Kimberly wanted to talk about another character. Okay, so Kim, yeah. go ahead and talk about another character. Let's try to keep it positive before we get to the end. Well, this one I... can kind of go on two different okay. sides of the spectrum, which I think would be a good lead-in to more of the negative qualities, which is, um, for me, she's really positive, and that's Mitsuru from Persona 3. Mm-hmm. 
But we've, we've discussed this in the past, and she's a very polarizing character at first to some because she's mm -hmm. so much in that leadership role. And at first, you don't know how to take her. Because I remember when I started the game, I was like, all right, is she just going to end up on that, you know, bossy spectrum? Like, she's in charge. She's going to order you around. Or is there more to her character than meets the eye? And I feel like when even we presented our list, you know, some people are like, I don't know about Mitsuru. But you know what? I really think what it comes down to is did you complete her social link or not? Because if you completed her social link, it totally changed your entire view of the character. There's someone who felt very shackled by her family name and everything that was going on, pressures from her family to, you know, perform in a certain role she basically has a fiance who pretty much tells her i expect you to be completely all about me my what i want matters not what you want and you go through the game and she finally kind of breaks through that so it's a very positive character and it's one you're not expecting and that's what i like about it she could have just very much been one dimensional like you know mm -hmm. i'm just good at everything i'm perfect i'm gonna boss you around but if you got to her social link and completed a completely different character mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see i still haven't made it past the second stratum or whatever in that game mm -hmm. and i've always wanted to because i love the game i just can i always stop oh, at the should. same part Lacey's actually further than I am, and mm -hmm. you know, I know Mitsuru eventually joins you, but I I never got to the point oh, where I could you actually. Oh, never got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So for me, I was just like, oh, she's the chick who's like, the enemy is weak to fire. <laughs> That's better than Teddy yeah. yelling at you. You can tell oh, it's a danger. Yeah, no, and that's what I think people miss out because you can't really complete her social link on your first playthrough like it really takes it's two pretty difficult to yeah it takes yeah. two playthroughs for it and but she's got one of the best ones in the game like i walked away if you asked me my favorite social link from that game was it's hands down mitsuru just because there's such Thank character you. development in it and you really feel for the character and this is someone who you know you might get that this is not because she uses ice attack, but that cold as ice mentality from when you, when you're, <laughs> I know, bad analogy. I, I thought of it as I was saying it there. I was like, foreigner song, cold as ice, stop, stop. You, but anyway, you, you appear to be cold as ice. Those are lover boy songs or, <laughs> but anyways, no, she's, she's very much, she opens up. She lets her guard down as it goes on. Now the question is, should the game have made it that it's that hard to get that social link to break down or did that make you want to play it again that, that's what killed uh persona 4 for me like i was so looking forward to a new game plus mm -hmm. and then i started it up again and i was like wait a minute everything reset i don't have any of my abilities anymore and like all my social links have set. i was just like no i'm not playing it through again so i would have that bothered me i really hated how everything reset when you when you replay persona 4 so in three, never, when you finish it, you keep the status of your social links. I don't no. know. Not the status. You, your stats carry over. Right. So like, so like your coverage, you can very easily courage. just get. So you had the most charm. You know, you could easily get to Mitsuru's social link because you need to have a certain amount. Is it courage or smarts to talk to her? I, I don't. Think it was smarts. courage with her. No, it was smarts. I know that you have to do. Uh, really I feel like really it achieved well its level to talk to her because you had to be on her level. Mm. I'm a yeah. bit. It's. It was a shame. I just. I. I really would have liked it if the new game plus for that game had let me keep the social links so that way I could try to max them all out. Like I'm a min-maxer, so I wanted to have maximum social links. I would have replayed Persona 4 in a heartbeat mm -hmm. if I could have done that. That, that was just a little complaint.
people from per Persona 4 who liked it wanted us to put Naoto on our feature, but that was another character who, unless you took that second playthrough, you didn't quite get through it. And something about her never struck me the way it did with Mitsuru. I don't know what it was. I just knew that they're going further. I found Naoto an interesting character, but I didn't finish her social link, so I just kind of watched the rest on YouTube, and it was kind of disappointing, to be honest. There's a couple different ways it can go. But none of it really, like, makes her character more interesting, like, the way Mitsuru's social link did. It's also, Sorry, go ahead. It's also, it's also interesting because if, if I remember correctly, I think I YouTube Naoto's too because the only way to finish Naoto is to literally hardcore go after her the second she's available. Otherwise, you miss mm -hmm. her. And I think if if I remember correctly, when when you end up when she comes and she hangs out at your place or whatever, she dresses feminine as like her way of opening up to you, and I, that struck me as very false. That struck that, me as very out of character. Both of you, the question: Do you feel like Naoto fell too much on one end of the spectrum where she wasn't? as far developed as maybe she could have been. I don't know. I felt like she was too much on what, and even when you broke down some walls, cause I got about through half of her social link, I believe. And I was never that invested in her for some reason. Like I, I didn't thought feel... she, I thought she was going to be an interesting character given her storyline and how she started out, you know, dressing or trying to come off as a guy. And I thought she would be more interesting, but I was kind of let down. Like, I think it could have been a lot better. Yeah, it it just I just felt like it was a huge transition from her being like I understand that she didn't want to show feminine qualities, but yeah. then but then by showing them it it almost felt like a betrayal of that character. Or like it's going it's, against what she stood out for in the beginning. Yeah, it, it's she hard wanted, because yeah, treated well, she wanted to be t treated as an equal, but then she's going on a level where she's you know going a step backwards. Right, and she's acting she's about. acting submissive when she dresses feminine. You know, she's very she's very demure in that situation, and that that just plays into the whole idea of you know the female character is weak the male character is strong and i was like no she can be a strong chick there's nothing wrong with that you know like it, i thought she would be uh, correct me if i'm wrong um, cuz i i barely played for naoto is the girl who you first meet right like uh she's like the she's she a little bit later so no, i think you're thinking of chie yeah, yeah that's who i'm thinking yeah, of yeah naoto is at first you think naoto is a boy She's like, just, she basically looks like a young detective. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny because I was instantly like, that sounds like a female voice actor. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Got yeah. it right away. But they're trying to do that with her and Kanji. Secret lovers. But it didn't work. <laughs> well, my problem with her quote opening up to you in the last scene of her social link was I always thought that opening up to someone would just like be showing somebody your true self. And I thought that Naruto dressing feminine was not her true self. Yeah. yeah. Female, but you don't necessarily have to be feminine to be your true self if you're a female. Yeah. Well, now, and that bothered me. No, now this actually kind of leads us back into the whole femshep debate because yeah. we've had this uh, conversation before mm -hmm. it, what is a uh, shepherd's true gender and when you go through it some people said well you put her on the list but she can be played as a male and for me what it comes down to is your interpretation of the character when I play I'm playing as a female Bioware has changed some things being a female but not all that much and I feel for me what it comes down to is that they're writing that character the female 
SHEP and the male SHEP is equal. So I don't see that as a bad thing necessarily. I see that as these are, no matter what gender you play as, you're playing as a strong character who is out there to save the world, who does not back down. Yeah. And you can play them how you want. So I, I feel like it's all about choice with BioWare games. And that's again oh, where is. you have their choice. BioWare I think, has I think, I think the way you can argue that, I'm sorry, the, the way you can argue that is that. No, she's not set in stone like those other characters we have on our list. But the fact that you have the choice to play a female character who's very strong like that is the reason why she's on the list. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Bioware has come out and said that there is no true gender to Shepard. Like, they really wanted to emphasize the choice, I guess. But, yeah, like, the way she's written, I mean, Shepard just works really well in both genders. It doesn't feel like one gender shoehorned into another. Like, and, she works well in both genders, except when she talks to Jacob, and it's really awkward in the this second This pretty awkward, game. yeah. That's, that's, that's I'm more interested in talking about you. It's just like, <laughs> she doesn't do that with any other character. So they yeah. tried to make, like, you know, female have an impact of a different thing, but then they kind of try to pigeonhole you into a choice, i.e. Jacob, which I didn't agree with, but, you know. I think my only real, uh, we argued about this before, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's great that Bioware is giving you the choice to play as Shepard, to play as Hawk, to play as um, you know male or female, and I think that's great. But I don't view Shepard or Hawk as male or female. I view them as neutral gender because I don't feel a huge difference when I'm playing as male Shepard, when I'm playing as female Shepard. Granted, I like female Shepard more because I love Jennifer Hale's voice. It feels like Naomi Hunter is just killing people, and I really, <laughs> and I really like that. But I do to me, the character is just gender neutral, and I I understand putting female Shepard as a premier positive female character, and I think that's great. I'm happy Bioware did it, but she doesn't strike me as having a gender. You know what's interesting, Rob, is actually I've been looking, you know, I hop around the internet a lot, and I look at other people's opinions on things, and girls seem to really resonate with uh, female Shepard as like awesome. a strong yeah, as a strong role model, and you'll see them time and time again when they point out their favorite characters, it, it comes back to FemShep. And I think that's just because we're not seeing a lot of females written that strongly. And, you know, there's many dimensions to either Shepard, the way you play them, um, the characters, who they're interacting with, what they become through them. And I think it's just interesting that for the first time, I feel like females are feeling very much equal in that respect. Like they're not dumbing down the character. They're not just making her a pretty face. They're having more to this character that you're playing through your, you know, playing through as her. So it, I think that's what comes down to it is that females are just not used to having such, you know, a strong role model like that and being able to play her as they please. Usually we're stuck to playing um, characters, the main character through the eyes of someone else. Cause we're usually playing as a male or we're usually playing as a female who doesn't exactly like lie on the realistic pattern, but something about FemShep is very realistic and very endearing to a lot of people. So yeah. I think and, that's what yeah. it comes See, down to. Lacey actually, um, I had a conversation with Lacey a few months ago where she said to me, she goes, you know, growing up, I never knew there were games like this because I had just had her playing. She had just beaten Mass Effect 1, mm-hmm. and she was in the process of stealing Persona 3 from me on PSP, which is why I didn't beat it. And she kept saying, she's like, why didn't? Why don't they advertise these kind of games more? She's like, I can play these characters, like, you know, as though it's me. 
You know what, Stephen? It's interesting because I actually just read an article. Uh, I think it's not this the newest issue, but the one back in um, OXM, and they were talking. There's an editorial done, and they were talking about how on the box they never advertise a female shepherd. It's always a male shepherd, uh -huh. right? So why wouldn't you put both characters kind of on the box? But you know, it kind of people don't know that that option is always out there for them. Mm -hmm. But didn't a male ship have an actual, wasn't he actually modeled after a male model, whereas femme ship never got? Like, they were modeled after a real person? I don't know anything about like that. Like, just physically. Yeah. Hmm. Well, even regardless sure of that, it wouldn't hurt to put, you know, a female on the box, too, so it felt yeah. like you had a choice in the matter. Like, they make it a choice, but then, like, it's, it, it's an interesting read. I don't agree with everything in the editorial. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like that's sometimes where people miss that there's an option in your gender there. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I think I was echoing in Steven's mic. Oh, okay, now we're good. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. That was weird. Um, I think we can either, since we've already hit an hour, we can either uh, talk about a couple awful female characters or we can have a really short news section. It doesn't really matter to me which way we want to go there. Um, I don't – yeah, I'd rather not talk about Xion because I'm going to get really, really angry. Alan, you're so stupid. Alan, 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 I'm Alan. PhD. Me, 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 Do me, we want to just kind of end it with the Princess Peach thing, what we were talking about and how she needs to get stronger? And then maybe we can do a short condensed news in, in with that so we just say – or do we want to avoid the negativity? Also? I would rather avoid the negativity. Honestly, All right, let's go straight. We, I think we've had a really good. We had a really good positive podcast. We're talking about positive female characters because I think, you know, it's easy for us to point out the bad characters, the Sheons, the Princess Peaches. It's but really let's not draw attention to them. Right, but I don't. Yeah, I don't even want to draw attention to them because I think we all know that they're lame characters. You know, as a sidebar, it just can't. You know, The Witcher Two just came out. The Witcher 2 has toned down the misogyny just a little bit. I read about that. I read that the female <laughs> characters are no. a little bit better in this yeah, version. A little bit. Like, it's granted you see Triss Hello. naked within the first five minutes Sorry. of the game, but it, it definitely toned uh -oh. it down a little bit. You're not collecting <laughs> sleeping with cards. Yeah, you, you, you start yeah. the game and you're like, oh, wow, everyone's naked. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course Geralt just looks like hamburger meat because he's just been uh, – like the crap has been kicked out of him. So, uh, okay, let's so, go on to news then. Yeah, let's we talk about news. Can, can, news I talk about, can I talk about the only news story that matters? Okay. There's only one news story that matters, and right. that is that the Diablo 3 beta is oh. starting sometime between July 1st and September 30th. So that's Q3 of this year. Blizzard has said that they want to get the game out this year. Activision seems to think they're not going to meet that, so they're expecting it first quarter probably of 2012. Stephen, how excited are we right now? Let me translate for you. Blizzard basically released a press release saying, okay, Q3, every other game might as well get deleted because we're done with them. <laughs> and the guys who are making Torchlight Activision, 2 just uh, went, I know you're making, you know, Modern Warfare 3. Oh, by the way, Battlefield 3, uh, we, can we just go ahead and get rid of all those? That's not going to work out. Uh, I'm so excited. I still don't know who I want to play as. That's awesome. I still don't know who I want to play as. I love the monk and I love the demon hunter. Everyone can go buy a new mouse awesome. because they're going to break their left mouse button. I'm sorry we like fun, John. Yes. Wait, well, no, Rob hates fun, but no, I like Rob oh. hates fun. No. Rob hates fun. Now, 
See, we can tie this in to a game that I was really expecting to like because it was supposed to be like Diablo. That being Hellgate London. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, who gave Hellgate London an award and we were like... Oh, I gave an award three years in a row. Because you did that. <laughs> when, when they showed it at E3, it looked, it looked awesome. Like It really did. Yeah, no, like the, this game, if you take it in small bursts and like it's a, it's a fantastic concept, it's got lots of things going for it. When it got released, it, it was just, done. yeah, it was so buggy. It wasn't done. It was just completely broken. Well, I remember I got into the beta like a week before it came out and I was playing it. And I was like, this comes out in a week. Yeah, it it was just so broken. And eventually in 2009, the servers went down in North America. Well, Henbitsoft, which is a Korean MMO company, um, is actually opening the game back up in North America as a free-to-play MMO. And I want to try. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. it'll are they be inter- fixing anything about it, or that, that's the question? They've been running the servers in Asia. The servers in Asia never went down. I heard that they've actually been patching it and updating it like any other MMO since yeah. they took control of it. So, if that is true, and they're running it like a free-to-play MMO, mm-hmm. like. Other free-to-play MMOs should be scared because this game has a very solid core. Just it's everything else is broken. Gotcha. So I, I'm interested to see how it comes about. It's entering a brief closed beta June 3rd to 5th, so just around E3. Cool. Do we want to talk about the other big game that's coming out this year in October that Stephen and I are very excited about? So Dark Souls coming out in October. Oh, do you really want to play Dark Souls now that The Witcher's out? What? 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 We all know... No, no. Here's what's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to give a preview of the next podcast. Um, I know what John's hinting at, but here's the preview of the next podcast. Kyle's going to come on here and say how he thinks Demon Souls is ridiculously hard, and he doesn't understand why I like it. I'm going to say... (laughs) I'm going to say how The Witcher 2 is ridiculously hard, and he's going to say that he loves it. And then probably about three, four months from now, in October, when it's time for, uh, you know, five months from now, actually, when it's time for Dark Souls, we're going to immediately flip-flop again. And I'm going to probably talk about how much I love it <laughs> and how it's not that hard. And he's going to be like, Rob, you, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Uh, yeah, Dark Souls, they, looking at an October 11th release, um, that's kind of hoping that... That PSN gets working by then. PSN oh, I'm sure it'll be by then. It don't is back up, little, but we're having reports about passwords being stolen again. Don't be a little DQ. No. By that okay. I mean drama queen over it. Rob, the the password or not, it was not passwords being stolen. It was a a, a URL. Okay. Not, not even a hack. It's been. It fixed. was a threat. I'm just saying what the developers said because I think that the PSM was down for everybody, and then the developers were the first ones to get access yeah, no, again. It, it, it's up. It forces you to reset your password before you yeah, can yeah. log back in. But right. all I'm, John, all I'm saying is that the developer, the lead designer of Dark Souls, says said we really want to get the game out at October 11th, but we're a little nervous right now with all the PSN problems. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That's, uh, I. I Hopefully they're all resolved. The store's supposed to be up I'm next sure week. They we'll are. see next if that Tuesday, happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So Dark Souls, there is a huge monster collector's edition, which is free in terms of that content. You're getting all this stuff for free. You're getting a, a mini strategy guide. Hey, Rob, did they hire you? Let's yes, remember they, to thank Atlas. Yeah, uh, you mean Bandai? Wow, Steven. Well, no, because probably if not for Atlas, yeah, we would never see this. I know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I agree, I agree. Atlas so, is great. 
you, you get a, a little mini strategy guide, uh, a freaking music CD. Uh, uh, it, it just, uh, I, I'm too excited. I just need oh, to. Which is tangential to the fact that the game is going to be amazing. Did you just. What? Move Rob on. just heard the word genital. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say tangential? Just commenting on that. <laughs> Am I the only one that heard that? No, oh. you're not. But you're the only you're the only one who was childish enough <laughs> to make comments. We all sat there Robert. took it to the next level. Yeah. All right. So we know Rob wants Dark Souls. It's gonna be out in October. Uh, I have more news. Yes. Um Chaos Rings Omega is available now. Mm. So actually yeah, as of today. Yeah, the uh, the last time I think I did news, it was that it got announced. Now it's yeah. out. So awesome. it's uh, it's what like twelve dollars, thirteen dollars, somewhere around there. It's like well, fifteen or so, yeah, something like yeah. that. So okay. it's it's expensive for an iOS game. Square does that, but Square also makes full fledged games for iOS. You're not gonna buy some sprite based RPG where it's full of English. So <laughs> ripped off graphics from other games, you know. Yeah, so spelled uh, evil East three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking speaking of Ivelisse, uh Final Fantasy Tactics, where the Lions for iOS got dated, See it should be out sometime between June and July, um, with the iPad version following shortly afterward. Do we really want to play? I, I want to play it on the iPad, but do I really want to play that on the iPhone? Yes. Uh, I don't know. That's a really small screen. Uh, I I can't play. And then you're gonna come on the podcast and hate it. No, 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 no. I, oh, come no, on. The gameplay is going to be it's fine. A bad game. It's just, a, you know, I don't okay. know. I'm kind of. Yeah, no, it is a small screen. Yeah. I agree. It, it's <laughs> probably going to have it, it's it's a full fledged iOS port. They've been working on this for a while now. So I'm what? sure it's going to have pinch and drag and all the kind of stuff that if you if you need exact controls, it's fine. I mean, Song Summoner worked fine on the iPod Touch. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. They have been putting a lot of time into it. I think I would just, I would prefer to have it on the iPad. I, I don't know what we're looking at for a price for it, but I'm, I'm interested. Probably about the same, both yeah, probably 12, bucks. 15 dollars. That I would pay 10 bucks just to try it. You know, I. Well, yeah, because you don't have a PSP, and this like. I know. The story actually makes sense in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> the story actually works this time. It's not like Heavy Rain. Oh, oh. Anyway, yeah. more news. That has more to get news. I know. Um, lineage is dead in North America as of July, June, oh, somewhere. June, June 29th. That's sad. Lineage one is dying. Oh, However, lineage one. Oh, okay. I was like lineage two. Ow. No. Uh, so actually, as if you are a lineage one subscriber, you'll be getting a free game and free game time and one of NCSoft's other games. Is Asheron's uh, call still working? So I think Asheron's Call 1 is still up, but Asheron's Call 2 is not. That is so weird. Man. More news. Yep. Konami has announced a PSP dungeon crawler called Terror of the Stratus. Uh, we probably won't see it, so... Yeah, I doubt I'm that this one will I'm a little bitter, because it looks really cool. It does look cool. Huh. It looks different, you but know? Yeah. And I wish they'd take more chances, so... Uh, we'll the, I, I I think that the PSP market is really bad, and not a no, lot of I don't doubt that. are and bringing uh, PSP games, except Atlas teased today, Persona 2, Innocent Sin. There's been no official announcement. Yes. But you got an email that was like, 
Oh, it's June 23rd, 1999, and there's well, no... Well, Guess What Innocent Sin came out in Japan, June 24th, 1999. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. ad. That was a that really was awesome. cool way. Yeah. I love yeah. the I love the part about the uh, postal, uh, keep your, or don't keep your post-apocalyptic games. That was my favorite part. Is it, This is the first game. This is, this is the first game in the yeah, collection? Yeah, the first, yeah. the first yeah. game of the two Persona 2 games. That okay, it so... never came here before. Yeah, it never right. came here. The Eternal Punishment came. So we'll so, probably end up getting Eternal Punishment. Have, have they said oh, if they're making Eternal Punishment on the PSP? Not yet, but you you know it's got to be coming. Definitely. And yeah. they would be crazy not to. Persona like has such a fanfare going right now. Ever since you know oh, Three and sure. Four came and you know brought the party back, people want to go back to these older games. So I think it sure. works out well. We'll see what happens. At the very yeah. least, you and, can play uh, play it on PSP and then play the second one on PS One. Well, I just hope it's not. Are they changing it up? Like, is it? It's a full-on remake, right? It's not going to feel archaic like Persona. Uh, Innocent Sin. Um, it's it's got like a bit of an update, and I mean, it's got a whole new interface. And I liked and because I read of... that you can build your own quests um, through it, which yeah, that's a new thing. They added that on, but as for, I know, when I went back to play Persona, it was like in a, the first one, like an adjustment when it you know came out on the PSP, because I was like, wow, this hasn't aged. I was getting dizzy going through all the corridors and everything, so I just yeah. hope, I'm excited for it, it doesn't end on that end of the spectrum, so. Well, just Damn. looking at it, it looks like they've updated it quite a bit. I mean, but they're keeping the original music, or you have the option of listening to the arranged stuff, but supposedly the arranged stuff isn't all that great, but we'll see whenever Atlas brings it over. I think a lot of people. I, I heard. I heard that the uh, the arranged music wasn't that good, but I think a lot of people just don't like the fact that they changed it because those games are so beloved. Just because they yeah. changed it to suit the style of the Persona Three and Four yeah. soundtrack. But that's more. why they kept the original because they figure some people like has attachment to the original soundtrack, so mm-hmm. you have the option of going between them. More news. Yep. More news. Cla- uh, NIS America is bringing Claudune X2 and Atelier Totori to North America. Is it an RPG? Both of those are. Yeah. Both of them are. Totori I'm excited about. Um... Totori I'm mainly excited about because I want Maruru. <laughs> well, yeah. And but that'll be like a year they're away. Pretty, they're fun. Like, I played a little bit of Rona. I have to go back to it. But uh, Claudune is like hit or miss. Either people love yeah. it or they seem to hate it. So you either fall on one end of the spectrum. You can either appreciate what it's doing or it's too old school. No, Rob, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> oh, here we go. Rob I like it. Mitch Hedberg. No, I'm sorry. No, he's going to say you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Or I forget what the end of the or line is. Or you're going to think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a really good Mitch. I got to see Mitch Hedberg right before he died. I'm sorry. Are you, uh, oh, that must have been awesome. Oh, that was really fun. Hate it. Or are you gonna think it's okay? <laughs> I was hoping for quadruple tree. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Chrono Trigger out on Virtual Console. Um, if for some Buy reason it. you don't own it for DS or Super Nintendo, buy uh, it or you're a heathen. <laughs> yeah. So go buy it. Uh, Tales of Graces F is going to be out yes. sometime in 2010 in North America. Me so excited. 2010. Yes, it's going to be out in 2010. It's out last year. Wow, John, don't 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 tease me like I'm that. I'm teaching my kids. <laughs> I'm teaching my students about time dilation right now. You could have been traveling approximately the speed of light. I wouldn't I have to be fat, traveling faster than the speed of light for time. No, you can't backwards. travel. Once you travel the faster than the speed, speed of, of light, light, then you exist in infinite time. You don't want that. That's a bad thing. What, 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 what if I have portals? Right there. <laughs> 
anyways, back to graces. Let's Hail just hope it's the JRPG that we've been hoping for for consoles yeah. because and we've been starved. Yeah. My, my only thing is I've heard Tales of Graces when it first came out on Wii wasn't really that good. Well, the Wii version but is apparently is... broken, and apparently they fixed all of it with the PS2 version, or the PS3 version. Okay. I think they should just remake Tales of the Abyss with HD graphics, and then it'll be the best JRPG. Oh my god, but they're making it with 3D graphics. And that's also coming out in North America, but that's this year. There's a ton of Tales games I wish we would get. Don't even I would like Exilia. It looks neat. I would like that. I would like uh, the DS games that came out that we never got. So hey, I've got a Japanese version of uh, of Tales of the Tempest if you want to play a really bad game. I went to Tales of Hearts, which is like an absolutely horrible name, but I heard that one was pretty good. Tales yeah, of Innocence yeah. has a really good story, and Tales of Hearts has really cool combat. Cool. Anyway, um, uh, might want to wrap it up here in a couple. We, we got. I only got two more, three more. Um, Kingdoms of Amalur: Reckoning, Quarter One, 2012. Looked good. Jaeger like. No, it it's been really good. So, um, if you like JR Western RPGs, and once you're done soaking up all the goodness that is Witcher Two, uh, check that out. We had a preview when uh, Dave Jaeger went and saw it at. Big, huge game studios, so check it out. Uh, also coming out in quarter one, because of a delay, is Mass Effect 3. Ouch. I'm glad. Shocker. No, that's not a bad thing. Let's I'm glad. No, it's not a bad the final thing. entry. Let's Mass not Effect. rush it. Let's make it the best that we can do and see what happens. But yep. I have faith that I, that was a good decision. If y'all had repeating it. If y'all had imp- uh, repeating environments, might want to tone that down a little bit. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say... I, yeah. When, when Rob, that's so not even way. fair Rob. to say, because they've had the same development time between Mass Effect Rob, 1 Rob. and 2, and they did a standout game. The so. entire game takes place on the Citadel. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Stuck. <laughs> Visit oh. all Commander Shepard's favorite stores. <laughs> <laughs> Someone okay, so someone needs to get that together with uh with Kyrosoft, the guys who make all the story games for the iOS, and put together Commander Shepherd story where you just go around <laughs> and, you know, and talk, talk stores. Yeah. No, th- let's let we're all having fun right now. We're all having fun right now, but I think it's a it's a good sign if the game wasn't going to be ready, if they yeah. want a stronger release window because right now Q4 is looking monstrous right now. I know I know every year I say that that Q4 looks nuts, but I think every year I think every year it gets progressively more nuts. Yeah, yeah, I think this with and there's charts. always like okay. one or two games in the mix that get delayed, so oh, it's yeah. not and, and as bad as you ever think it's going to be. There, right. there are games that disappear. I remember, you know, This Is Vegas <laughs> supposed to be the wow. big thing. Wow. What? I remember that. I remember yeah. that. But I'm hoping that the third game is going to like balance out the overreaching story that we got in one and the good characterization that we got in two to like form that complete final package. So. Yeah. And that's what they're aiming for. Yeah, I mean, yeah I no, I really hope from... that. If anyone can do it, they can. Yeah. The yeah. No Mako. No, 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 no. They, they took away no. the Mako in the second no, one. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kim, how do you feel about the Mako? <laughs> Everybody you know, knows you so happy when that thing blew up. My gosh. <laughs> you can drive straight up a mountain wall with that thing. It's awesome. Kim, I want one. Like, it's Kim, is, Kim is channeling my anger right now. This I have taught you so well, child. Continue with your it's rage. Good. The the Mako has lots and lots of torque. Give in. But yeah, I didn't find 
there. I made John mine for me in the second one because I just didn't want to do it. Kim. Mine was not bad in the second one, though. I liked it. Kim. Kim. That's because you're crazy. Kim, repeat after me. Something, something, something dark side. (laughs) Something, something, something complete. Okay. So last bit of news since we got to... uh, So this was actually new news um, when it came out, but now that it's more than two weeks later, there's three download contents for Fallout New Vegas. One of them is already out. And and guess what? It's broken when it first came out. Shock shock and awe. Are people really really still playing that game at this point? Like, I feel like it's in there, done that. That's what I played when I got home from work. What is it with games and DLC with the word hearts in them? Jeez. I think... um, and it came out, and again, I'm just having fun, but you're talking about a huge open-world game. It's really hard to add content on there, and I think it'll be shocking. I think it'll be a news story when they release a download content for a game like Oblivion or Skyrim or Fallout when it works right, right off the bat. Because every time <laughs> there's – that'll be the news story. Well, Stop. what do you guys think is the good point for them to release uh, download content? Like, I do they early. wait a couple well, months? Do they I do it like – I, I think this. I think this is way too late for Fallout New that's Vegas. That's how I feel too. Yeah, we're coming up on a year. Like, you know what? It, it, it to go back to the game we always talk about. I think the best timing I've seen for DLC was Mass Effect Two. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because Mass Effect Two is like, here's some download content. Here's some more download content. Oh, you wait a little bit. Here's another download content, and it spreads things later, out. Here's some more. Fall, so Fallout, instead, they're waiting too long to like with Fallout New Vegas well, to release all this download. Fallout content. New Vegas was like, here, here's this really crappy download pack. Then we're not going to release one for four months. Then we're going to release three of them. Yeah, I, I, I guess what what do we prefer? Do we prefer small bits of DLC, or are we going to do we prefer the large, expansive Lord of Destruction expansion pack? Because well, I like the latter. It all depends. It all depends on the game. I like yeah, the latter. Well, there's, I like it to be balanced off. I don't like to be overwhelmed by, like, I complete a game, I got all this, like, DLC to play, but I like it to come in, like, good increments of time. I'm, I'm annoyed. Not I'm, too close, not too far apart. I'm yeah. really annoyed right now with, like, L.A. Noir, the fact that, like, every major retailer has their own case that you can download. So there's like, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, there's like four or five cases for DLC. Where did you buy yours from? Uh, I got it from GameStop and yeah, you know, I would, Amazon. I would love to download those right now, but I can't. So yeah, uh, same here. Yeah. But <laughs> like if you bought it from Best Buy, you got a case. And so they had all this content in it. I just feel like they stripped it out of the game just to kind of, mm. you know what? That's a lot of people's argument with DLC. Actually could do a whole podcast on it. Like, all right. Yeah. Like I feel like, a lot of it is more of an afterthought than anything. Like they complete the main part of the game, but they want to extend it on. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's as cut and dry as people so, think it is. Um, I what what I like most is I want my download content to be like Broken Steel. Yes. Where I, I would have paid fifteen dollars for Broken Steel, and that would have been a perfect price point for it. Where mm-hmm. it's got like eight hours of content. Mm-hmm. That's that's perfect for me because oftentimes like. When when I'm an expansion pack, unless I really 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 like the game, Diablo yeah, too. I don't want to play an expansion pack. Like I ran into that with Persona 3 Fest. Like I liked Persona 3 a lot, but I, when I played Fest, I was just kind of like, I can't do this anymore. Right. Well, it was such. I it was, felt with the end of Persona 4. Like I was done. I think <laughs> uh, also with Broken Steel, Broken Steel added 
not just that finale quest that was like the real ending to Fallout 3, but you could also continue to level up your character. So it didn't it didn't just affect that ending scenario. It affected the whole game. It gave you 10 brand new levels and new perks and new weapons. So it, actually you can't quantify that. Like that was a huge yeah. impact on that game. That's One actually thing. another another game that did that too was I mentioned it in the chat. Borderlands DLC yep. did basically the same thing. It was perfect length. Each one was like five, six hours. You know, two of them raised the level cap. They added tons of new, you know, they, it, they were perfect DLC because they were exactly what you wanted from that game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what, what, one last thing and then we yep. can end. You get the last um, point, John. So I, not an RPG, but I, I think that a game that has done DLC incorrectly is Civilization V. Yes. Um, I am a Civilization nut. I love Civilization, but I'm not paying $7 for a new Civilization. Sorry, that's not going to happen. He's putting his foot down. It, like, it doesn't affect the game enough. Yeah, if you give me an expansion pack where you give me, you know, six or seven new civs and mm -hmm. new units or and new scenarios, I will pay $40 for that. But I'm not paying $7 for each tiny little bit of DLC. Sorry. All right. So I think we, we definitely need to wrap it up because we went way too long. Uh, so everybody have a good time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. There's definitely more to talk about, and I think I definitely want to get you guys back on, and we can we can mm -hmm. talk more. I'm sure we're going to have more female characters to talk about. Uh, we'll following write in some general of the... too. We can oh do. yeah. Uh, so thanks to everybody for subscribing to the podcast, giving us feedback on the message boards. Uh, oh, we... Yeah, we we do have an active email account for the podcast podcast at rpgfan.com. I didn't watch. <laughs> That's not where you we were going to. We had That's that stored up for the ending. What I was going to say was... No, we at the wrong time, Rob. Oh, God. I, what I was going he, he, to say he, was yeah. the next podcast is going to be Kyle Miller versus Rob Steinman in a bloody showdown over oh, Witcher 2. Oh, we all two. get to ref. We get to referee, huh? And I was going to talk about how They're I was gonna going to... They're going to need a lot to, of referees. No, can we do talk... rounds, Rob? And can we say who won? That'd be awesome. I, well, I'll huh? win. Like... We'll be judges, and we'll say who's winning. But the the joke was that I was going to say, and I'm going to tear Kyle apart, and then I wanted the Kefka. <laughs> it's okay, kind of awesome. That was like sad Kefka laugh going up part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you should make the Kefka laugh into the like. Auto tune it. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you all next time.